365 Conversations, episode 32. Welcome to 365 Conversations. I'm your host, Chris Loach. Today, my guest is Matt Brown. And growing up, our families were family friends, are actually our little brothers were kind of close friends when they were little kids. They used to play together all the time. And Matt moved from California to Colorado about 20 years ago, and I haven't seen him since, but I connected with him on Facebook and kind of saw what he was doing out in Colorado and had seen that he had planted a church and so asked him to come share his story and I hope you really enjoy the conversation. All the show notes can be found at 365conversations.com slash episode 32. It's 365conversations.com slash episode 32. Well, today I'm here with my guest Matt Brown and kind of grew up with Matt, I guess, a long time ago. Our, our little brothers were friends and uh it's been about 20 years since we've actually seen each other, but I, I noticed that Matt had uh, started a church recently out in Colorado, and so I asked Matt to come hang out today. So Matt, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. So kind of give me a little bit of uh, your backstory, where you grew up, and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, like you, I was born in the East Bay in California, and uh, spent the first 12 years of my life out there, and childhood was pretty awesome in San Ramon, California. I have to say it was a, a pretty sweet place to live. Um, and, you know, obviously just a pretty stellar childhood that was, it was, uh, just loved my family and into sports, and we were in the Bay Area when the 49ers won the Super Bowl, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Remember that? I do. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. You got your. You got. Are you a Bronco fan now? I, I don't want to jump uh, ahead to Super Bowl Fifty. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, so childhood was good, man. And then when I was twelve, we moved out to Colorado, and uh, that kind of came as a surprise to me as a kid. Just a little disoriented. Uh, just like, what in the world? We're moving out to the the country, you know. And my picture of Colorado was like dudes with cowboy hats and riding horses and whatnot yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't all that it wasn't all that way but um came out here and and went to uh finished off elementary school junior high and high school and um kind of just fell right into to life out here pretty pretty smooth transition overall so i mean um, you just moved uh, to the suburbs out there out of yeah, inside of denver also right you got it yeah so. up in the foothills actually is pretty pretty incredible spot so so then uh you grew up in church your family was kind of going to church and whatnot but did you ever think that hey i'm gonna work at a church or start a church or anything like that uh that would have been the last thing on my radar uh yeah i would say that i was a i think i can honestly say i was a churched non-christian um, I, I think I would have ascribed to a belief in God, even maybe in a, a belief in Jesus's existence, um, you know, for as long as I can remember. I, I never actually doubted the existence of God. Just when I look at life, look at creation, look at everything, it just to me it screams that, that God exists. And yet, uh, just as far as um, me really following God and uh, knowing Jesus on a, a personal level, um, uh, I think I was I was very much one foot in the world and um, all, all throughout really junior high high school and, and into college yeah. so um, I would say I grew up in the church but it wasn't um, 
had very little impact on my life. So at what point, what are you doing after college? Um, you just work in what point does church actually start becoming, uh, involved as something you're doing? Yeah. Great question, man. Well, it was, it was actually during college, my junior year that for the very first time on my own, I, I started to read the Bible and, uh, I was living in a, basically a mini frat house. It was not a fraternity, but it functioned kind of like one, right. uh, just with five other guys. And I was just, it was, it was your typical college party house. And, um, just remember, you know, I, I don't even know why, but I started reading the Bible junior year on my own and just got confronted with some of the awesome things Jesus said and some of the really challenging things that Jesus said. And at the end of the day, you know, the pretty simple conclusion is like what, what Jesus is saying is, is either true or it's not. Yeah. Um, and if it's true, well, man, that has some pretty significant bearing on my life. And uh, so it was through that process, I think I came to faith in, in, my, in my bedroom, <laughs> just wow. reading the Bible. Yeah. And uh, by God's grace, uh, very quickly after that, I found a college ministry. And I would describe it as an as environment that I had just never experienced before. Um, I remember the very first time walking into this place, and uh, here was just a group full of people who I assumed had known each other for a long time comes to find out that this was a, a brand new ministry and nobody knew anyone, but there was just a tangible um, sense amongst this community that they had a genuine love and care for one another. And I just don't think I ever had seen or experienced that before. Yeah. Um, and it was very evident that they had a genuine love for Jesus, which, uh, you know, being being from my background, kind of growing up in the mega church, you got a lot of people who were there just because, you know, they're parents tell them they have to be there right. and so you have some people that they really believe this and then a lot of people that don't and um and so it was just it was just wow you know in college these people aren't forced to be here this is a choice mm -hmm. and they want to be here and they're passionate about god and uh and so for me after you know coming coming to faith kind of feel like on my own this was the first tangible expression of what a genuine church community should be like yeah. and uh and that rattled my cage pretty big man you know it's it's one of those things where it's so um it's so attractive in that like you're drawn to that because you're like this i've never seen or tasted anything like this before but at the same time you're reserved because you're like oh well you know fear of exposure mm -hmm. you know if they only knew what i'm like or uh, so it's just with this weird push-pull dynamic, I think, that happens that people experience when it comes to, uh, you know, interactions with a group of genuine believers, uh, yeah. a longing and yet a fear at the same time. And so that was me, but I dove in, man, and uh, the guy who was uh, leading the ministry, his name's Derek Jones. He's actually a pastor now down in Denver, but he was a dude that, uh, you know, preaching he was my age, and so he's a 21-year-old, and he's just this passionate, fiery, just, you know, uh, just loves God with everything. And then off stage, just the most um, approachable, loving, hey, let's hang out, you know, tell me about your life guy. And I'd just never never seen that before either. Yeah. And so um, so that just had a huge impact on my life, and uh, that's where I started first diving into leadership for the first time and leading Bible studies and 
um, discussion groups and all that kind of stuff. And so that's that's when I first, I think, sent some sort of call into ministry mm-hmm. um, was senior year of, of college. And yet um, I had no clue what that was going to actually look like. Because <laughs> what was what was your plan after college? Did you have a career path that you were going on? Uh, had you met your your now wife at that point? When did when did she come along? Yeah, so so I got involved in this ministry uh, my junior year, and then I met my wife the summer between junior and senior year, and we actually met at a local bar uh, called Wash Bar, and um, we were both designated drivers for different groups of friends, and nice. one of, one of those uh, one of the girls was a, a mutual friend of ours. One of the gals was in business, the business college with me. And so it was pretty funny because uh, we we were all at this bar, and I had a buddy who was fighting with his girlfriend, and you know I was just like, I hate my life. I don't want to be here. This is obnoxious and annoying. And so I saw my friend Lindsay sitting over at this table um, with Cheryl, who's my wife, and I went and sat down with them. And Lindsay started teasing me because I wasn't drinking, and she had known you know me before and then after mm-hmm. um, being a believer. And she's like, oh, you're not drinking tonight, huh, Matt? And I'm like, no. And, and Cheryl looks at me and she's like, oh, really? Why not? And uh, I'm like, well, just, just my faith, my belief. It's not what I'm about. And she's like, really? Me too. And so that just stirred on a great conversation uh, between her and I and ended up inviting her to the college ministry that I was a part of. She came and she's a, a phenomenal singer and she got on the worship team pretty much right away. And uh, we just became really fast friends over that summer between junior and senior year. Um, so you can legitimately say both of us were in a place where we weren't looking for a relationship because we had known how to screw those up and how to do them wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and so so that's kind of how, how my wife and I met. And then that fall we started started dating. And so we were both a part of that ministry our senior year. And... Uh, that's where we grew close. But as far as your original question with my career path, um, honestly, I never had a vision for my life, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. And so even going to college was uh, just a, a box to check. You know, hey, this yeah. is what you do. You go to school. And my philosophy or my thought process at that time was, what's a degree I can get that's going to give me the most options when I get out of school? Mm-hmm. So I went, I went the business road. I got a business management degree uh, from Colorado State which is in Fort Collins, and um, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I really didn't. I didn't have an aspiration. I don't feel like um, I've ever been driven by, like, trying to make a lot of money or anything like that. It's just never something I cared much about. Yeah. Um, but I also never had a passion um, mm-hmm. before coming to Christ, and I think that was pretty telling in, uh, in what I would end up spending my life doing yeah um so so did you after college did you start working a job or did you go straight into ministry yeah so i I worked uh, a couple jobs outside of outside of college i tried some uh, business to business sales and it was all commission that didn't go so well (laughs) uh especially when you're first getting married so then i found another job with uh um the flooring store and so I did residential and commercial flooring and I was an estimator project manager for a small company so kind of kind of wore all sorts of different hats yeah. uh, so uh, when it comes to church planting I know what it's like to <laughs> wear 20 different hats in the same day yeah so during that process are you like thinking about 
working at a church, like going into ministry or kind of wrestling with that. You're getting married. You're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what you want to do if you're going to just what kind of job you're going to do and if it's going to be ministry and what that even looks like. Yeah, good question, man. Well, at that point in time, I was um, I was pretty anti-seminary mm-hmm. in my, my mind, and it was just because, uh, you know, you look at statistics on guys coming out of seminary and how many of them last in ministry and what does that actually look like. And so, uh, so I always knew the calling was on my life. I just didn't know how God was going to unfold it. Yeah. And so this job was perfect because I, I worked basically a clean 40 hours a week, at least in the start. Mm-hmm. And then I got connected with a church that was very serious about raising up leaders from within and had a kind of a pastoral leadership track yeah. um, that I ended up becoming a part of. And so through that time, I was serving in ministry. I knew I'd be in ministry someday. I just didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And probably back in 2008 or 2009, I went to this church planners catalyst for uh, the church plant network that we're a part of, which is called Crossway Chapel. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was so funny because we sat through this, uh, this weekend and Cheryl was just laughing the whole time. I'm just like, what is going on with you? What's so funny? And, and they were going over the profile of a church planter, basically. Yeah. And she's just laughing because she's like, that's it. Like, that's what God has made you to do. Um, and you know, for me at that time, I was probably, oh, mid to late twenties. So, uh, I'm like, I think I was maybe 26, 27 and and I'm like, like no way, you know, um, maybe, maybe we'll see, but not right now. And, um, so anyway, so that was kind of, kind of when that seed of church planting was, was put in my heart. It's like, wow, this, this might be what God's, God's calling us to. Yeah. And just having an affirmation with my wife was obviously a huge deal in that. But so I worked this job for five years out of school. And then I came on staff at uh, Mountain View by God's hand moving. We almost m- moved to Wilmington, North Carolina to help out with a church plant there. They needed some help with the college ministry. And so yeah. we, we had visit vision tripped out there, gone out there. God, we think this is what you're doing. And I started applying for jobs and just nothing opened up. And in the meantime, the guy who was here leading the college ministry on the same college campus I went to, mm-hmm. he just sensed that um, God was having him transition out. And so then they approached me and said, hey, would you consider staying here and coming on staff? And um, and so I knew I couldn't do that and my full-time job. And so just in faith, I quit a full-time job with benefits, right, as we're having our first kid nice. uh, to take a part-time a stipend job at a church yeah and uh just to to see god's affirmation of provision um he provided um a free house for us to live in for a year which was fantastic and obviously a, a huge relief financially yeah and uh so so i dove right in man and i was able to actually do this part-time college ministry full-time just because of of uh the provision that he had he had given so um so that's really when I started in ministry mm-hmm. back in 2010. I'd, you know, I'd been, I'd started a college group at a church before that and led small groups and been in various leadership roles. But that was when I was first like vocationally um, yeah. on staff at a church. So. Yeah. I can relate to a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when my wife Erica and I first started dating, we started dating and then 
it was within a month. We were both volunteering at the youth group at our church. That's how we met. And then within a month, we were both offered part-time jobs there. And she was, I had a full-time job and she was in college still. And so we both started working there. And then it was like a couple months later, we went to a conference in Atlanta. Our church there was a strategic partner of North Point in Atlanta, which is mm-hmm. Andy Stanley. And so we went out to this conference there in Atlanta and we'd been dating for two, three months. And I guess we came back and I was like acting kind of weird. And, and she's like, what, what's going on? Like, are we breaking up? What's happening? And I said, no, I think we're supposed to uh, plant a church like this, like this, this is the type of church we're going to plant and we're going to be a part of that. And that scares the crap out of me because I like, I, I don't want to work at a church. I don't want to yeah. plant a church, you know, like that was never, never my plan. Mm. Never, never in the books for me. So, um, yeah, I remember that time and she was like, Oh, okay. So we're good though. <laughs> like, yeah. She's <laughs> like, well, if that's what you think that God, uh, has us doing, then, then awesome. And then uh, we were at that church for a couple years and then, um, moved down to Fresno to with the other, the other couples to, to actually start this. And yeah, we both quit our jobs and, uh, you know, we both, we were both, uh, I was full, t- I had a full-time job and then I was at the church like 20 hours on top of that. She wow. was pretty much full-time in children's ministry at that point. She was just graduating college and we said, yeah, let's quit our jobs and move she got a job right away as a nanny so we were like okay we can we can at least move and then i i didn't find a job for two or three months got a job and then i guess it was a year a year or so later i got like promoted really fast and things are really good and um she got pregnant and it hadn't even been a month and my boss pulled me aside and was like yeah we're not we're not doing so good i think i'm gonna have to lay you off and we hadn't even told anyone that she was pregnant at that point. Like we oh. told her, I think we told her parents and I was like, dude, I, I, I don't want to like make you feel bad or anything, but I was like, between me and you, my wife's pregnant. If there's anything, uh, you can do to prolong it or, uh, you know, cut me to part-time or something, you know, do something that, uh, I can at, at least like look for something else. I would, I would greatly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're planting the church at that point. We're doing small groups and stuff like that. And, uh, I ended up being able to keep my job and I'm still there. And, um, but it was a, it was just a crazy, a crazy time of, okay, what, you know, what are you doing, God? Like we, we came here to, to do this and, um, now we're having a kid, like <laughs> what, what's going to happen. But yeah, it's, uh, still at that job. And, uh, doing doing well our company's doing well so that's good but yeah i, I it's church planting is is a crazy it's a crazy thing <laughs> it's essentially expect the unexpected right yeah um that's what we uh yeah yeah it's it's a faith builder it really uh, and that's what i love about it right is it it says okay like do do we really trust the lord mm-hmm um, do we really think he's in control of this and that he's going to do what he's going to do? Um, and, uh, and that's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we can so often have this false sense of control, um, as if we have to figure it all out and, 
and God just is laughing at us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Just watch, just watch what I want. Just watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's something just doing this podcast as, as I was telling you before, it's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's a ton of work. I get up before work. I stay up after everyone goes to bed, but um, every conversation I have, there's, there's some reminder, there's something that I learn. And that's one of those reminders that I, I just keep keep being reminded over and over mm. you know hey you're, you're not in control stop trying to be in control mm. you know and uh yeah that's good it's awesome man so so you're doing college ministry at what point do you are you working towards church planning during that whole time are you like in the process of planning that at what point do you kind of step out and and start that process yeah good question man um, so part of the way that the uh, church was able to, over time, bring me on staff more so was to pay me a church planting internship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would highly recommend for, for any young man who feels called for church planting um, to, to get into a college ministry environment, mm-hmm. if possible. Um, the reason being is that uh, I think youth ministry is the same, uh, has some of the same as far as the structures and the processes and the systems. And, you know, I mean, just like any organization, there's stuff to manage. There's there's people, um, you have staff, quote unquote, but it's more, you know, volunteer staff. Yeah. Um, you're developing leaders. There, there's so many aspects to it that are parallel with church planting. And when you can do that under the umbrella of a local church that's already established, it's, I think it's just a good uh, greenhouse environment to learn the skills and to learn um, uh, just a lot of things about yourself and ministry and uh, to have a, a platform before launching out uh, to start your own church. So I would encourage anybody to do that. Um, at least for me, it ended just proving very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And because uh, really the heart, right, even the heart behind church planting is Jesus said, go make disciples. And so for any church, that should be the heart. And part of disciple making is going into the harvest and seeing people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus and then helping them grow in following Jesus. And so I think um, I think for me, you know, it was, hey, am I already living out the lifestyle and the mentality now? It's not like, oh, go plant a church and everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's another test of a church planter genuinely is like, how are you reaching people now? How are you investing in people now? Not, you know, oh, I'm going to do all this when this comes. Right. It's Because it's, no. it's going to be so much easier then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, be, well, because everyone, I think, has this romanticized view of church planting. Yeah. Um, and I think if most people knew what it was actually going to be like, they might think, <laughs> think again, yeah. uh, just cause it's, man, it's hard, you yeah. know, and there's a lot of unexpecteds and a uh, lots of ups and downs. And, and so, um, so yeah, so anyway, so through that process, I was getting this church plant internship kind of stipend as well so that I could be on staff and, and just for provision for my family, essentially, and the whole time I had I had, had a heart to church plant. It was just a matter of when. And um, and so multiple times every year was kind of with college ministry, you know, you have the school year. So every, every summer you have this chance to kind of do a little soul searching and to reconsider where things at and what's going on. And, and it was just, it was very clear um, 
that the timing was not right. And mm -hmm. part of it was, you know, I started to have, we, we have three little girls now. And nice. um, so Is we had a terrifying few, for you to have three uh, little girls. Um, when I think of who I was, uh, that scares me that there's, there's other boys out there like I was, but, um, you know what, man, like, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. It, it is one of the coolest things. Um, yeah, it is. My kids are such a blessing and a joy and, uh, really, really grateful for yeah. my family. Yeah. I, I was terrified to have a daughter period like just yeah. just uh it's like uh, i can have a daughter if i have a son first and uh have always been greatly afraid of it just because yeah i'm a guy <laughs> and uh i know guys and and then yeah we uh we're like oh we're having a boy obviously and no, it was a girl um and so yeah that's uh probably something we'll probably end up with three girls also uh just 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 how how it goes but yeah i same thing i I love it, but it was it was terrifying beforehand. It'll be terrifying in another uh, ten years here, twelve years when she starts becoming a teenager. But mm -hmm. uh, right now, right now, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, kids are a blessing, man. Either way, again, another opportunity to trust the Lord, right? Yeah, uh, you can do everything right as a parent, and your kids could end up going haywire, and you could do everything wrong, and they could be perfectly fine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so anyway but so yeah dude so the um the process uh back in oh summer every, every year we do these church plant catalysts and they're loveland's a city about 15 miles south if that from fort collins which is where mountain view and colorado state is mm -hmm. and there's currently six crossway chapel churches in northern colorado mm -hmm. And, um, and Loveland has just been a place for years we've been praying about and saying, God, would you raise up a team, raise up people to go start a church there? Um, and yet being a young family, I knew, Hey, I'm not, uh, I'm not a solo plant guy. I'm a team guy. I want a team. We're, we're big, uh, proponents of plurality of eldership, plurality of pastors. Mm -hmm. So, um, even though I'm the staff guy and the lead pastor, uh, the other guys are equal in authority, you know, um, the buck doesn't stop with me, if you will, yeah. uh, which just is, is healthy and, and provides a lot of levels of protection, both for me and for the church. And uh, so so God just started moving. A buddy of mine who was going to PA school in Denver, who I had served with ministry for a season in Fort Collins, uh, we had been praying together at one of these church plant catalysts in the summer, and walking around in Loveland came up on the radar, and we are just praying, God, if you'd have us do that, we're open, whatever you want. And uh, so once he finished PA school, he landed a job in Loveland, which there was, he was a part of this special program. There was only one clinic in all of Loveland that uh, met the requirements for this thing. And, uh, and he ends up getting a job there. So that was one piece on the puzzle board that started moving and that, that we kind of saw. Yeah. Um, and then another, uh, another pastor from North Carolina ended up moving back to uh, Northern Colorado and for about a year, they were unsettled with, God, what do you want us to do? What does this look like? And they had a heart for vocational ministry. Um, and so we're like, hey, let's go plant this church. And, and we had kind of this pathway to say, we're going to bring you on staff as quickly as possible, um, just as the Lord provides. And so God brought this team of the three of us together with very diverse gifts. And, and uh, it's just, it just was amazing 
Um, and I, and I think we just all felt at peace, um, about, wow, this would be pretty cool if we'd be able to plant a church together and minister together. And, um, there, there's a handful of families that were a part of our church in Fort Collins that lived in Loveland already and they okay. commute. And yeah. so we already kind of had a, a core, uh, nucleus, if you will, uh, of, of people and families. And then with this, uh, leadership and plurality already in place, which is super rare for a church plant, um, we uh, sought the Lord, and and He had us bite the bullet, take the plunge, however you want to say it. Um, <laughs> and so, in June of 2015, we moved uh, south, and we got things going. And um, so, so, how did you? Uh, so you moved. You you left your other job. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you start out? Are you? How'd you go to Sunday? Did you go right away and say, we're doing Sunday services? You build, you build kind of a, a core team around uh, you guys, or how did that go? Yeah, great question. So for, for us, um, I'd say it was a little bit different. We, we would have had the ability to stay in Fort Collins, build the core team, invest time and energy, and, and we did that to a certain extent, mm. but it was more so alignment of, of, our, of our leadership team. Um, that we spent a lot of time together. We went through this church planting boot camp together where we talked about, okay, you know, mission, vision, uh, strategy, value, structures, like talking about all the different aspects of what is this church going to look like and, yeah. and what are we asking the Lord, what are we hoping Him to do? So we went through that as, as a pastoral team in January of 2015. And, um, and that just really solidified some things. And, and so part of our mentality, I, had, I was going to finish up the, the semester of school. So I wasn't technically done with my job till May. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a governor as far as on our time because um, I wanted to transition the college ministry well. Um, I was a student ministry director at that time. So there was other responsibilities, just making sure things are, things are in order um, yeah. and, and to leave it better than when I, when I took it over sort of thing. And so, um, so it was just a sweet, sweet thing, man. God allowed me to transition well, provided leadership. And then, um, and then our strategy with building a team and whatnot for the church planning was a little bit backwards. We, we knew who was committed. We knew who lived in Loveland, but we said, Hey, let's just move and uh, let's just get this thing um, going there. And so we'll basically solidify the core team and pour into people while our boots are on the ground in Loveland. Um, because if we stay at, at Fort Collins and Mountain View too long, we're just going to, it's going to hinder us from developing our own identity and our own culture and our own community. Yeah. Um, and so we're like, let's just go and, and um, ready or not, here we go. And so, uh, so yeah, so we moved down here and we started meeting in homes initially and within the first two Sundays, we couldn't fit in a home. And uh-huh. so there were, there's probably, oh, maybe 40 adults, uh, 30 to 40 adults and somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we very quickly needed to find a place, uh, to gather and to meet and, um, so we, we did start with small groups. So we had what we call them regroups mm-hmm. and, um, look up the definition of, of regroup and, and you'll have a good chuckle. Um, but it's, it's just so appropriate for the Christian life. But anyway, so we started meeting in our small groups and started gathering on Sundays just because we're like, we need to have multiple touch points a week to develop culture, to get to know each other, to cast vision, to make sure we're clearly articulating what are we doing here? What are we all about? And um, 
and so yeah so we've been so we've been we've been going strong a church in town um called beggar's gate has essentially allowed us to use our facility for free and that has just been a huge uh gift from them an expression of their heart and generosity and their kingdom mentality um i think that's one thing that uh all of us could probably learn a little bit more of like hey we're all we're all part of the same kingdom here we're all working for the same king um and uh so they've just been a great example a great partner for us being here in the city and um so yeah, but we're we're getting getting ready to transition facilities again here. We think come the end of this month, uh, so we're so, excited about that. Are you Sunday night or are you Sunday morning? Yep. Because so we're meeting Sunday afternoons right yeah. now, four p.m. Mm. And um, yeah, which has gone well. It's actually really nice for families mm. uh, to to have Sunday morning just to sleep in and yeah have a nice nice family time and and but. Um, Culturally, I think it's just a, a weird time for people. Even unchurched people know that hey, you go to church on Sunday morning, <laughs> right? Yeah, we. I mean, we started off same thing. Another church was allowing us to use their facility for free, and um, so we were doing Sunday night. I think we were doing it a little later though, like five thirty or s- sometime between five thirty and six thirty, and it was just like a odd time because it was like dinner. Do you eat before? Do you eat after? And then so with it was an odd time for families, I guess. Um, and that was like, that was like a hard thing. So then when we, when we launched, we were at Sunday mornings, we had done a few previews Sunday morning at a, at a vet's hall. But then, yeah, we've been, we've been Sunday mornings and doing that transition. It definitely, uh, increased, increased the attendance of, of young families, but four seems like a more, a better time as far as you know not in the middle of not in the middle of dinner yeah and just make sure you have snacks for the kids you know because yeah. you know come 5 15 they're they're hungry and because then you know the, the there's no ideal time bro you yeah. know especially when you add young kids and naps and all the things that right. go on there's just there's never a perfect time you yeah. just gotta do the best you can and we landed on four seemed to be the most feasible for us in the season, but, um, yeah. So you're transitioning now going to transition facilities and yeah. Yeah. Are you going to go to morning? Or are you going to stay at four? Yeah. So we're going to go to the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we found actually a seventh day Adventist church. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, the nice thing obviously with them is they meet on Saturdays. And so, yeah. um, that, but they're they're pretty close to to right downtown Loveland, which is where we want to be. We mm-hmm. want to be kind of the hub of the city. Um, and you know we have a heart. We want to plant more churches in the future, and feel like that would be a great um, a great place both to be in the community and to be a tangible presence and blessing to this city, yeah. uh, but also a, a phenomenal launching pad to send others out. Uh, from and so that's that's we see this as a stepping stone just to get us more downtown and then uh, hopefully within a year or two years we'll be able to find uh, another facility so yeah so how many people are you guys at now um, what do you what are your kind of plans for this next year yeah so currently um, I think we're about 50 adults and with kids probably around 70 or 80, you know, in church planting, you count everything that breathes, um, as how many are in your church. 
And, uh, and so it's just, man, we just have we pregnant have, women count twice. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have probably four or five of them. <laughs> um, but we're primarily young families and, uh, but this year moving to Sunday morning, you know, it's, it's just been so sweet to see the way God has united the minds and hearts of everyone who's, who's here right now that we, you know, our mission statements following Jesus and fishing for men together. And so just this idea, um, uh, it's really about following him, you know, and uh, part of following him is making him known. And by his grace as his church, we get to do that together. And so I think uh, one of the things we want to and that we are emphasizing is um, just more of a mission mindset amongst our small groups uh, to where we even we even worked into our uh, we have a monthly rhythm of meeting and one of those one of those meeting times every month is something intentional in our neighborhoods hmm. and so um, so this coming weekend we're we're having uh, kind of a celebration dinner on uh, worship night kind of thing on Saturday night and then we're all as small groups and some of us are host, hosting multiple. Uh, hosting Super Bowl parties in our neighborhoods, and just inviting neighbors, and just we just we just want to be uh, a tangible part of helping develop community in our neighborhoods, being light in the midst of uh, of our community, and so we're 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 working that into um, just the very structures even mm. of our church, um, and so so that's you know our hope is that we see uh, see God continue to just transform lives yeah. and primarily through our efforts in our neighborhoods and the ways we're loving our neighbors, serving our neighbors, uh, being faithful to share Jesus. So Very cool. So did you guys, did that partnership with the church planning organization and whatnot, did they kind of send you off or did your other church kind of send you off and, and kind of help you guys out? Or were you guys completely on your own just going off and saying, Hey, we got to raise, we got to raise all of this. No, man, we, um, by God's grace, we are uh, very well supported, nice. and um, this the uh, there's I think there's very few church plant networks that exist um, like the one we find ourselves a part of, and mm-hmm. we're in the strongest region right now. There's a couple churches in the Pacific Northwest. There's uh, one in North Carolina. There's one in New Jersey. There's one in Chicago. There's one in Phoenix. Like we're kind of scattered out, but we're actually the uh, and and kind of maybe not a trial run, but just a um, a model through which regional churches and when you're relationally connected with churches right down the road, you know, in, in a neighbor city, just how, how much of a blessing that is for yeah. not just, you know, financial support, but relational support and seeking wisdom and input. And, um, and so that's just, that's been something, uh, I've just been blown away by, uh, God's provision and, and just the unity and the generosity that I've experienced being a part of, uh, these churches. So, Awesome. That's really cool. So, uh, when all this happened and you're, you're telling your family and, and your friends, all of this, is this like a, a total surprise to people or is it, I mean, by now it's, it's been, you've been in ministry for a while, but, um, I know even for us, even after being in ministry, like, Hey, we're actually going to go start a church. It's like, what, what do you, what do you mean you're going to start a church? Like, why would you even do that? And, uh, you know, what is, what does that even mean? And are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, we, we had been talking about it for long enough. And, uh, I had talked about so many different potential. We talked about moving back to Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we, you know, I'm, I'm a dreamer. And so I'm always thinking what's next, where could we go? I'm open to anything. God, wherever you have us, we'll go. And so I don't think it was a surprise to anyone for, for us to come to Loveland, um, at all really i think people were like okay cool now's the time you know you've been talking about this for years and here we go very cool is is your wife's family all in in colorado also yeah they are they're they're about 45 minutes from us uh, just due south and then my parents are about oh about maybe hour and 15 minutes south and so it's it's nice to have family close yeah. you know um but also not next door <laughs> nice well uh I kind of just do like these rapid fire questions at the end that really are, are worthless and don't have anything to do with anything. Uh, <laughs> Whenever I have like a conversation, it's like, wow, you, you know, yeah, you're making a difference. You're starting a church. Hey, let's talk about stuff that doesn't matter, <laughs> but, uh, they're fun anyways. Uh, before we do that, where, where can people find, uh, you or your church online? Where, where are you at? Yeah. Redemptionloveland.org, uh, is, is our website. Cool. So, I'll link that in the show notes. Sweet, man. Appreciate it. Uh, so the first part of this is blank or blank, baseball or football? Football. Are you a Broncos fan now? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about about the Super Bowl. I kind of want Manning to win, you know, and let him uh, go retire. But I don't know. Carolina had a Carolina had a good year, and, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm indifferent. I'm still a Niner fan, and... Uh, it hurts to be a Niner fan right now. <laughs> uh, East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Uh, Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out? Oh, tie. <laughs> got a, got a, you have Chick-fil-A's in uh, Colorado? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But you it's, a fam- it's a family favorite. We don't have In-N-Out's, I think, yeah. yet. They might be coming soon, though. Nice. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake? could care less <laughs> uh favorite blank uh, favorite band or artist Ooh, that's tough man um i've been digging on some josh garrels lately mm-hmm. favorite book the bible favorite city <laughs> <laughs> favorite city yeah oh man i'm just gonna Throw out Seattle. Nice. Favorite food? Chipotle. Nice. No E. coli. Yep. Uh, favorite movie? Oh. Do you watch Blank. anything besides Blank. Disney prison- princesses? <laughs> very, very rarely. <laughs> very rarely. I can't. I, I don't remember the last. I think we went and saw Jurassic World and we hadn't seen a movie in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the life of young families. What's what's a movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh last part's fill in the blank. When I was a kid I wanted to be a blank. I had no clue. No. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I wanted to be a baseball player. Yeah. You know, younger younger years. Yeah. If I had more time I would blank. Do more of what I'm doing. Nice. If money didn't matter, I would blank. Keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> People think I'm weird because I blank. Um, I I never greet someone the same way, so you never know if you're getting a weird handshake or a hug or 
you, you just never know what's coming. Nice. Last ones. If I wasn't on this dumb podcast, I would be blank. <laughs> Probably meeting with somebody else. Nice. <laughs> nice. I know how that. I know how that goes. But uh, I appreciate your time and uh, loved hearing your story. It's great. Uh, great reconnecting with you and hearing what you guys are doing out in Colorado. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for listening, and thanks to Matt for sharing his story. All the show notes can be found at 365conversations.com slash episode 32. It's 365conversations.com slash episode 32. And as always, we'll be back tomorrow.